This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 20th of November. In your squiz today, a possible pause in Gaza, tough days for SA police, the AI world gets a shock, and Australia clinches the Cricket World Cup. This is your squiz today. Claire, so far in the discussions about a humanitarian pause or ceasefire in Israel's war on Hamas, there has been little hope of an agreement being struck. But yesterday, reports said they are close to securing a five-day pause in the fighting and for Israeli hostages to be released. Yeah, those details were first published in the Washington Post yesterday afternoon. And while there's been no details on when any of that might begin, the agreement is said to outline that a group of hostages would be released every 24 hours over that five-day period. But it's not really time to breathe a sigh of relief quite yet. US officials say that nothing has been locked in and late yesterday afternoon, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that as of now, there has been no deal. But overnight, Qatar, who have been very crucial as a go-between in the negotiations, said that only very minor obstacles remain for a deal to be done. Mm. As for who those 239 hostages in Gaza are, they are mostly Israeli civilians, including 20 children. Also taken were soldiers and foreign nationals, including around 10 American citizens. And since they were taken on 7th of October, when Hamas militants went into Israel, Hamas has claimed that 50 hostages have been killed by Israeli airstrikes on Gaza. Yeah, that number hasn't been confirmed, but Israeli soldiers who have been into Gaza have recovered the bodies of two hostages so far. That's been during their military operations in the Palestinian territory. And security Securing the return of the hostages has been a priority for the Israelis. On Saturday, thousands marched on Jerusalem to demand that the Israeli government do more to secure their freedom. And just on what's happening in Gaza, the Palestinian Red Crescent and United Nations agencies have evacuated 31 premature babies and their families from the Al-Shifa hospital in Gaza City to Egypt overnight. On Saturday, World Health Organization officials visited that hospital and described it as a death zone. The High Court's decision to scuttle indefinite immigration detention for a group of people who could not be deported is continuing to create headlines. Yesterday, Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill said that up to 340 people in detention could eventually be released due to that decision. Yes, so far, 93 people have been released. So that maximum number is new information from the government. And of course, remember, that includes people who have served time for murder and sex offences. At the end of last week, emergency laws were passed through the parliament, which allows the government to restrict and monitor their movements. But yesterday, 
O'Neill said that those laws are just the first step. More laws could be passed once the High Court releases its full reasoning for its decision in that case. That's expected to happen early next year. The Coalition's Home Affairs spokesman, James Patterson, has continued to criticise the government and said that it wasn't prepared for the High Court's ruling. But O'Neill denied that, saying that her department had advised her that the government would likely win the case in court. Claire, our South Australian listeners will know that it's been a tough few days for the police community there with two tragedies that have happened very close together. Yeah, so it started on Thursday night with an officer being shot and killed. His name was Sergeant Jason Doerg. He and two colleagues were making routine inquiries on a remote farm near the Victorian border. He and another colleague were shot. Uh, The suspect is a 26-year-old man. He's been arrested. He does have life. Threatening injuries, though, he was shot by police in that exchange. Doag's death makes him the first police officer to be killed in the state since 1985, so that really hit the police community hard. And then another tragedy happened on Friday night. Charlie Stevens, who is the son of the police commissioner in South Australia, was the victim of a hit and run accident. Charlie Stevens died on Saturday and an 18-year-old has been arrested and charged over his death. The South Australian Premier, Peter Malinowskis, said the South Australian police family are hurting, but they have the love and support of the whole state. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. There was a huge shock from the tech world on Saturday morning, Claire, when the CEO of OpenAI was fired without warning. His name is Sam Altman, and until the weekend, he was the face of the latest advancements in AI. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? 12 months ago, we didn't know who Sam Altman was, and now he's a bit of a household (laughs) name. So it was a bit of a shock when that news came through. Mm. His company, of course, is the one that launched ChatGPT at the end of November last year. It became the fastest growing app in history. Uh, OpenAI also partnered with Microsoft to help them revamp their search engine Bing, which set off alarm bells at Google. So they really have disrupted the industry. Uh, And despite all of Altman's successes, he was called to a meeting with OpenAI's board on Friday and he was fired. The board hasn't really been that forthcoming about its reasons for sacking Altman, but they did say that he wasn't, and this is the quote, consistently candid in his communication. So we don't really know what that means, but that's the explanation that they've given. Meanwhile, Microsoft isn't too pleased about the development. They have invested billions of dollars into OpenAI and they got one minute's notice of the firing. So, Claire, given all of that, there are reports that Microsoft and other investors are pushing for the return of Altman as CEO. So, this is a story to watch. 
A shout out to all the bleary-eyed listeners this morning, but at least your time watching the cricket overnight was well spent with Australia taking out the Cricket World Cup final, defeating India in front of 125 fans in Ahmedabad. Alex, that definitely deserves a woohoo. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) What a great way to start Monday. Mm. Yeah, so Indian fans, there are 130,000 of them at the stadium. Mm. They thought that they were heading for victory. Their team made 250. 40 runs to kick off, so a really good total. And Australia's early batters then really were in a bit of a collapse. We were three for 47 at one point. But Australian batter Travis Head really stepped up and took control of things. He ended up making 137 runs, which is just extraordinary to reach that 240 total. It was enough to see Australia take the trophy and it also took Head into the history books. He's just the third Australian to score a century in a World Cup final. The other two are Ricky Ponting and Adam Gilchrist, so pretty good company to keep. Pretty good company. With all of that, Travis Head was obviously player of the match, while the Indian superstar Virat Kohli was given player of the tournament. The win is our sixth World Cup, Claire, and another high point in a very good year for the Aussie cricket team after retaining the Ashes earlier this year. Captain Pat Cummins said of the World Cup final performance, I think we saved our best to last. I sure did. Well done, guys. Squiz the day, Claire. What is on the agenda for this fine Monday? Look, there was a fair bit of talk last week about Joe Biden's birthday being today. He's 81 years old. Uh, Of course, we know a bit more about that because he outed Xi Jinping for forgetting his wife's birthday, which is also today. So happy birthday to those two. Happy birthday to the both of them. And that is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.